Hello and welcome to our fifth midweek episode in our Simplicity series. Uh, my name is Matt and I'm here with my wife, Abby, and our friend, Maddie Fisher. And for this episode, uh, we just wanted to sit down with uh, Maddie and um, kind of hear about uh, their journey towards simplicity and minimalism as a family. And I can think back to, um, I, I kind of started my journey in earnest about a year ago. It was probably December or January uh, a year ago at the beginning of 2020. And as uh, this practice of simplicity really began to kind of take root in my life and catch and gain momentum, uh, at some point it was like all I wanted to talk about with people. Uh, and I remember we were, I think we were doing church in the park um, and uh, you know, talking with different people in, in our church community. And I was talking with you, Maddie, and your husband, John, uh, who couldn't join us today uh, because he's deployed. But I was talking with the two of you. And of course, I wanted to talk about this. So I was like, I want to talk about, you know, minimalism and simplicity with like anyone who will who will listen right now, because it's just I was, you know, six months into my journey, just super excited about it. And I remember talking with um, you and John and we were like 30 seconds into the conversation and I realized, wow, you guys are like way out ahead of us. Like you, you guys had like, you were just way further on the journey. You had thought more way about it or way more about it and had taken these practical steps that we were like maybe working up toward, but hadn't even taken yet. And so as I think about sort of um, now we're in the stage of inviting our whole community to go on this journey toward biblical minimalism or simplicity together. And I know tons of people in our community are um, either either taking this journey for the first time or really going at it anew. And I've gotten tons of sort of pictures and text messages and uh, encouraging words from people who are making really real changes in their life. Uh, and journeying toward this. So we have a bunch of people uh, from the community that would be really fun to hear from uh, and kind of sort of what their experience has been so far over the last month or so in chasing after this. Um, but we're really excited to, I think, sit down and hear from you. And maybe I'll hand it over to you, Maddie, and just um, you can start wherever you want, uh, but just share with us, with the community, sort of your story uh, where did this all start for you and John? Yeah, so we um, found the minimalism documentary on Netflix. Yes. Like a few months into marriage. And um, I think at the time I didn't think a whole lot about it. I thought I was already minimal, but I didn't realize how much was in my house that I didn't actually need or use until we moved up to Spokane and we're packing everything. And it yes. was a lot. <laughs> um, and then about, gosh, last summer, no, two summers ago, I was inspired by the Marie Kondo documentary and decided to go through my closet and all of my clothes. And it was a ridiculous pile of clothes. I got rid of so much and I just felt so good about it. I used to think that because I had a dresser, I had to fill all of the drawers. Right. And um, 
my closet was full. So is my dresser. And after putting all of my clothes together, I realized that I had way too much that I wasn't even wearing. And I got rid of all of it. And then I got pregnant, (laughs) (laughs) which was terrible timing. Um, because now all of a sudden I needed more clothes and my mindset just really shifted with the things that I was going to buy. So my maternity clothes section ended up being a lot smaller than, you know, what I think most people would do. Um, I ended up reusing a lot of clothes that I already had, um, until I couldn't fit in them anymore. Um, but that's kind of how it started was like with my clothes. And I remember John being so much more excited about minimalism than I was. And And, and did he also get it from the documentary? Like, was this in his life or was it like through these documentaries? Was that the spark? Was that the beginning of his story too? I think it was. Yeah. He just for his personal belongings, he had far less than I did. And Um, unfortunately though, he does like to buy new things. So he would like get rid of something and then just go buy something new. And so we weren't quite on the same page about like that aspect of it. Um, but in time I watched the minimalism documentary again when I was a few months pregnant. And that's when I think things clicked for me. It was around Christmas time and I realized how much stuff I had to organize and clean and take care of, um, that it was just taking up a lot of my headspace. And I think this like biological thing happens when you become a mom that you want to get rid of everything you have and organize everything you have because a new baby is coming and you're going to have to get a lot of stuff for the baby. And so it actually came at the perfect time for us to, Uh, minimize because I didn't want to be overwhelmed by the stuff we already had plus all the baby stuff. So you're almost like harnessing the nesting impulse, but like channeling it into minimalism of like the best way to get ready for the baby is to just gut our house and like everything. (laughs) And it lined up perfectly like right after that sparked for me was when we went through the simplicity series last year. So I had already started, you know, minimizing stuff. And then you were talking about it more and it just kept, the ball just kept rolling and it was really awesome. We got rid of so much stuff in our house. So, so much stuff, which was really great. Awesome. Were there, when you uh, think back on that journey, were there uh, like key moments that you could share of like things that were, really influential in your thinking or like things that were like, Oh, so hard to get rid of this one thing, you know, like certain things that were just like these big moments or mountains that you scaled along the way. Is there anything that stands out when you think back on, let's say the last year and a half of journeying? Yeah, a lot of it has been hard. There are things that are easier to get rid of than some things. Um, I've seen so a lot of examples from other people in my life has helped spark things for me too. Um, a friend of mine that I babysat for, I just remember um, I would go over there quite often and 
they didn't have that much kid stuff. And I remember being really like intrigued by that. And then she also would like just willingly give her stuff away. Like she had really nice North Face jackets that she gave me for free. <laughs> and I was just like, because that's expensive, you know? And right. I thought, you shouldn't give that to me for free. <laughs> and then, um, and then it really sparked things for me too, that not only is it freeing to not have as much stuff, but it's also really wonderful to bless other people with things that you don't need. And she really sparked that for me. So I, most difficult thing has been organizing and getting rid of papers, also sentimental things. Um, I grew up in a family that really likes to hold on to everything. So letting go of some of that stuff has been difficult. But overall, I thought minimalism, like the point of minimalism was so that everything in your life was exactly what you wanted and mm. aesthetically pleasing and things right. like kind that. Of like curating your life and sort of this like, yeah. could each room in my house be on Instagram? Like that sort yeah. of sense of like, I just want everything to be so neat and tidy. And, yes. Yeah, designer look. And, exactly. Yeah. But I realized as I've gotten rid of things and my, like my mindset really has shifted mm. in that I... I'm okay with letting go of things a lot more easily mm. now, wow. which I didn't realize could happen because I thought minimalism was like, you know, you want to hold on to your stuff even tighter. Like what you keep is what you love. So mm -hmm. you want to hold on to it. But um, that's been like the biggest blessing for me is being able to just hold so lightly to what I have. But also um, as I don't need things anymore, it's been such a beautiful opportunity to give to other people. Um, especially when it comes to baby stuff, uh, that's been one of the coolest things has been like passing on what Nova doesn't need anymore to, you know, there's multiple moms in our church who have baby girls who are, you know, just a few months younger than Nova and they've been able to benefit from that stuff. So it's been really, really cool to just give and, you know, hold loosely to what we have and John and I love to travel. So that's been a big thing too. Um, is that, you know, by having less, we've been able to save more because we're not buying as much. Um, so we're paying off debt more. Um, yeah, we took an opportunity last summer to go travel and now we're dreaming of living in like a tiny home someday right. because it's just so <laughs> freeing. Like right. it really is. Uh, I, I mentioned that in our last episode, it was on tough spots around the house. And I talked about paperwork, which you brought up, which is really hard yeah. and sentimental stuff, which was my hardest. And then there's sentimental paperwork, which is like, you know, a combination of both of them. Yeah. Uh, but we ended that episode talking about housing. Uh, and it is funny because I think a lot of people that catch this bug that are just like, whoa, the more I give away, the more free I feel eventually you question your house, you know, mm -hmm. you're just like, well, wait a second. Like I've looked at, I've examined everything in my house. What about my house? Like, what if we lived in a different place? Would that provide more freedom or less freedom? Would that allow us to live greater into the, you know, the kingdom of God and, and God's call in our life? Or would it restrict that? Uh, and there's no like one size fits all, but it's funny that you mentioned that because that's like 
sort of been, I think my mentality has been like, I'm just going to try and reduce my possessions to the point where that would actually be within reach, you know, like just take that mentality. And then if I'm in this house for the next 20 years, then that's great, but I'm still living lightly and I've, I've opened up another range of like possibilities. Definitely. And as a new mom for me, especially since John's deployed, it's been nice to not have so much to take care of right like you have a lot to clean and take care of and so honestly getting rid of a lot of our stuff has freed up my time to spend with Mm -hmm. nova instead of spending things you know cleaning or shopping for new things you know stuff like that so yeah awesome yeah i remember um you talked about baby clothes and like the joy of giving away and i think that actually came up in our conversation in the park and that was one of the things that struck me because I was like kind of in the initial stages, I think like it's a journey like it's took me it's I'm a year in and I'm still like sorting and piling stuff and, and getting rid mm-hmm. of things. Um, and so but I remember talking to you guys in the park. Here you are with your firstborn baby who's just outgrowing their three month old clothes or whatever. So you're like three months into your first child. They're outgrowing their, they're outgrowing like their newborn clothes and their three month old clothes. And you're like. We're just giving it all away to people who need stuff, who need it now. And you said something to the effect of like, because in my in my mind, I'm like, well, what if you have another one? Or like, what if you adopt a child? What if like, what if, you know, like, shouldn't you be, shouldn't you hold on to that stuff for a few years just in case? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember you guys saying something to the effect of, no, we're going to give it to somebody who needs it right now. And we're going to trust that, that. God will take care of us in the same way that like somebody else will do the same for us if we do have another child or adopt exactly. a child or whatever it is. And I, that like really like almost caught me off guard. I was like, I am not there yet, you know, in my, in, in our journey. And I think we're now a year in, we're like, we're getting there. But, uh, I just remember being so impressed by that and realizing like, Whoa, that's a really like free way to live. That ultimately is this like, no, I'm trusting in God. I'm living into the kingdom. We freely give to people who need it today and we trust that God's going to take care of us uh, tomorrow. So I was, that was very like challenging and encouraging for me. And I've kept that in mind through our journey. I'm like, well, wait a second. Yeah. Like we can do that. Like we, and it, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to let go of everything. You can process things or, or like we just got to a place where we saved a few of our favorite pieces. Mm-hmm. We're just like, Hey, we might have a fourth. So let's just save like you know, our top 10 things or whatever, instead of our top 10 bins, yeah. like full of stuff. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. where you're just like, oh, I want to save everything just in case. So I was very impressed by that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, any, uh, any tips that you would give for people who are starting? So a bunch of people in our community, I think, are maybe at that place where, where you and John started and where the two of us started, where we're like, oh, I think we're kind of minimalist. And then you look at it and you're like, no, we are not minimalist. <laughs> so like, where do we, where do we start? How do we, how do we get after that? Do you have any thoughts on that? So we are by no means perfect minimalists either. And we still own a lot of stuff that, you know, we probably could go around the house and get rid of more. But I find that when starting, just getting rid of the easiest things is like the best way to get momentum. Just, you know, I think we all have like old bills laying around that we don't need to hold on to anymore. And, um, I think that a big part of minimalism 
And getting the ball rolling for me also had to do with reprioritizing the way I was spending my time. So not being on social media so much and not watching TV so much was the best place to start for me to like turn the noise off so that I could focus on cleaning my house and going through things. Yeah, it takes a lot of work and prioritization. And I found that by going room by room helps a lot. Going section by section helps a lot. And just starting by picking up like one thing and asking yourself, do I need this? Is this useful? And then I think you had mentioned at one point that you kind of make a game out of it as you keep going along. Right. Like I'll sit in one of the rooms in my house and I'll look around. I'm like, do I need that anymore? <laughs> and that's how I've gotten rid of a lot. And I keep a box by our front door that if, there's anything that I feel like we don't need anymore, it goes in that box. And then when the box is full, we take it out and drop it off at Goodwill. Mm -hmm. And that's been really helpful. So yeah, that's what I would say. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that concept. This is really helpful for me, this imagery of like almost turning off the loudest noise uh, in a room. And then after that's off, you settle in and you can hear another noise that you couldn't hear before. And you turn that off and you kind of like, start to focus in on quieter and quieter noises. If you think about that, but if you think of our stuff as noise, it's almost like, oh, I'm going to start with like the loudest items. Or I even like that you said, hey, I'm going to start by turning off the TV and social media and just like actually even being present in my own home. And then what I found is that it's this long process of like, take everything that I can notice today. Um, but if I do that, if I remove the most obvious layer of stuff, then a week from now or a month from now, I'm going to notice things that weren't so obvious before. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it is kind of a game where you like kind of eye things and like, oh, that lamp. I don't know about that lamp. Like that lamp needs to prove itself to me now, you know, <laughs> and you're like eyeing things around your around the room. And I'm still still kind of in that mode. Um, and maybe you have to be at least for for a while through that process. But um, yeah, we're we're a year in. We still I'm still sorting stuff that that I haven't had a chance to look at yet. Uh, this is one of our boxes right here, actually, <laughs> of like stuff that I'm like, I think all of this stuff's going, you know, out the door. Uh, I've mentioned the maybe pile in the past, which is huge. Yeah. Um, and and think those those tricks, you know, making a game out of it and saying, I'm going to find joy in figuring out like how little I can live with. Uh, and it is, I think, for the most part, you know, there's difficult decisions to make, but a lot of joy along the way. Um, wondering if you, if either of you have any thoughts on, uh, the wardrobe stuff, uh, just by nature of kind of like being the teaching pastor, like the, the community gets to hear a lot about my story and my struggles and all of that. Um, but we don't often get a chance to hear. I know, uh, even as kind of a stereotype, females kind of have a whole different magnitude of advertising targeting females and female spending and female wardrobes and all of that. Um, how did you work your way through that, you know, with kind of wardrobe spending habits? Like, would do you have any advice for other women maybe who are really struggling with that? The wardrobe is tricky because I've heard people talk about the uniform and that's not something that sounds appealing to me. <laughs> I think that as a woman, it's like, fun to dress up in like mm -hmm. cool clothes and 
but at the same time, you don't want to get sucked into buying things because, you know, you want to look a certain way, I guess, if that makes sense. But I love thrifting. Mm -hmm. And I found that as time goes on, something that I thought was so great a few years ago isn't really fun anymore. And um, going back to what you'd said, or, you know, just highlighting about how if something's not useful anymore, it's very easy for me to let go. And with thrifting, I think there's this beautiful cycle of this worked for me for a time, mm -hmm. and now someone else gets to use it. So I will still thrift for things, but it's really not like an impulse, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I don't go buy a bunch of sweaters because... I feel like I have to. Mm -hmm. It's like I will only leave the store with something if it's like something that I absolutely love mm -hmm. and then I enjoy it for a season and then donate it eventually. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I'm not quite at like the one in one out rule when it comes to clothes or things like that, but I do very frequently go through my closet and look at things. I'm like, do I actually wear that? And if not, then it's very easy to get rid of for me. And I have far less, far, far less than I did years ago because I used to fill my dresser with things because I thought I had to. Mm -hmm. And now all of my shirts and dresses all hang up in my closet and it's not that many at all. And I'm not bored with it either. So that's a good thing, but yeah. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. Um, I guess I don't, we, we, there's, we still have time. We don't have to end the episode here, but I'm curious if you have any thoughts on um, family minimalism. Uh, Cause that's another unique thing where you're like, Oh yeah, if you're like a college student, then maybe you don't even have that much to begin with. And you can kind of, you know, turn that switch and just say, oh, I'll get rid of the stuff I don't need. And it can be a relatively quick process. Uh, but you mentioned as soon as you got pregnant and then started vent venturing into, you know, motherhood, uh, it became a lot harder. Uh, so we'll try and talk about some of these issues that we've touched on in future episodes. We'll talk about simplicity of schedule. In a future episode, simplicity of technology, which hits on like TV and social media, kind of simplicity in the tech world. Um, and we'll we'll try and do a future episode that's just on family minimalism. But I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Like, how do you how do you think about uh, navigating that? We have a lot of young families at the church, you know, and that was one of our biggest catching points. And maybe the last thing for us to conquer is like kids clothes and kids stuff and baby supplies and all of that. Do you have any advice for like families who are trying to get after that? Yeah, I don't think that what we did is for everybody, but we have only been planning on one child of our own and the hope is to adopt in the future. And since we don't know what we'll need at that time, it has been easy for us to let go of things, but um, before Megan Albion moved to Maine, she gave us a bunch of baby stuff that just really blessed us for free. And I, when she did that, it just was so impactful and I couldn't help but feel like I have to do that when I'm done using it. You know, if I don't need things anymore, I'm going to pass it on to someone who does need it. And so it's been kind of the same thing that I'm constantly looking at, does Nova use this? 
And if she doesn't, then I'd like to get rid of it because then it can make room for something that she would need or, you know, just it can bless somebody else and create less space. And one of the things that impacted me a lot from um, like the minimalists, they have a documentary or they have the documentary, but then they also have the podcast. And um, there's a statistic that kids only play with like 12 toys. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know why we need so many <laughs> toys for kids. So, you know, even at Christmas time, Nova got a lot of toys and it's not hard for me to let go if I know she's never even going to use some of those things. So, yeah, just constantly evaluating what you have is a huge thing and kids need far less than you realize. Like I've noticed when I actually look at the outfits I put Nova in, we wear the, I, I put her in the same clothes, you know, and I'd say she probably only wears like seven to 10 outfits and everyone thinks you need so much more. And I think in the beginning you do because they change clothes a lot. It, like right. when they poop or spit up on their stuff, but she's at the age now where she wears the same outfit all day and it's fine. So we are very minimal in that sense. So, yeah. Wow. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. We'll, we'll try and do a separate episode just on uh, family minimalism, but it is one of those things that you were learning like, oh, you can feel it out as you go. And we have 30 outfits for our kids, but they always wear the same five. Uh, and maybe you need a few extra, you know, just in case, but okay, why do we have all these outfits or we just went through Christmas recently. Mm -hmm. So it takes time, you know, for, for me, it's like taking time to process my own stuff. It takes time for us to help process the kids stuff too, in terms of, Hey, they just got 10 new toys for Christmas. Odds are two of them are going to become like classic toys in our home that they want to use for the next few years. And the other eight out of 10 won't. But it takes, you know, it could take a month or two or three or four to figure out what are the ones they're really going to love and enjoy and what's just needless distraction. But yeah, that number, I read that same study that said like the average kid, I think in the Western world mm -hmm. where most of the consumption happens, the average kid has something like 238 toys and they regularly use 12 of those toys. So, you know, the vast, vast majority uh, are just sitting there. So, yeah, so I'll, I'll, kind of along that same theme, every uh, family, every couple who's going to go on this journey, uh, it, it is a journey. And there's oftentimes, like I found in our journey, there'll be times when, like when my wife and I met, and hopefully, you know, the two of us will do a future episode together and share more of our story. But when the two of us met, she was way out in front of me in terms of all of this stuff and minimalism and just kind of this biblical sense of, uh, I remember you wouldn't even call it my car. You said, oh, do you want to take the black car? I said, do you mean your car? She's like, well, no, I don't call it my car. It's not like even that idea of like possession ownership. And I was like, I don't understand. It is your car. <laughs> like, you know, and, but it was like, you're one of your ways of just holding things with a loose grip. No, that's the black car, you know, that God's entrusted to me for a while. Um, and you were very, very free with your things. I had a lot of catching up to do. But then there's been moments on this journey in the last year where I've gotten too gung-ho and been like, I'm going to bust into this closet or start dragging stuff out of the kitchen. And she's like, why are you touching stuff in the kitchen? <laughs> you know? And so there, there is this balance of like, rarely are two people like exactly in sync as they're working this stuff out. So how have you and John 
navigated that? Obviously, we're sad John can't join us and be yeah. here. But yeah, how have you guys navigated that as a couple? Yeah, I love the, that you just said that about the black car instead of my car. Because <laughs> I think that I think similarly, like, yeah, just not owning things, I guess. Mm. Um, but gosh, John and I have differed a lot. There have been a lot of things that he's been much more easy to let go than I was. And there were times where, yeah, he was ahead of me and getting rid of like all of his stuff. And I was like, why are you doing that? Like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Don't you think that you're going to need that just in case? Right, and, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So the biggest difference I think with us, and I talked to him earlier today and asked him what he would want to share for this. And he said for him, he, so he's a he loves to buy things he loves to spend and it, like one of his favorite pastimes is walking around rei just looking yes. at stuff oh, that's my weakness yeah. he loves it but so what he'll do is he told me that when he really wants to buy something he'll go through his stuff and he'll just get rid of something instead mm. and that's what motivates him is that like it kind of takes away that desire to buy mm. something new is to just get rid of something instead and i thought that was so cool like that's not something that i really do but yeah i think we have had to agree we don't get rid of each other's stuff yes oh that's huge (laughs) ever (laughs) you do not touch the other person's (laughs) stuff you have to make sure that they want to do that yeah never violate that rule yes and that's a huge thing with families too especially if your kids are older and they understand you can't just get rid of their toys in the night like i think you know nova doesn't really know what's going on right now but at some point we are going to include her in this process you know what what does she want to get rid of and i remember from the perspective of this mom i babysat for um on her child's birthday They would, after the party was over and they got all these gifts, they would um, get a box out and have the kids go around the house and pick out toys that they wanted to get rid of and donate to another kid who would use it instead. And I just thought that was so beautiful. So that's what we'll do when Nova's old enough to understand. But um, yeah, as far as John and I, we... And like anything in our house, we do have an agreement that we're not going to buy something for our house that we both don't agree on. And so I think the same thing can be said for minimizing things as well. Like, here's this household item. Do you think that we're going to need it anymore? And if we both agree, then it's really easy to let go of. But yeah. Right. And there is this sense of like, if there was a hard and fast rule that like, you're only allowed to keep 10% of the stuff in your home. Odds are you and your spouse will have very different ideas about which 10% you should keep, um, which means you're probably going to end up keeping, like you're going to accommodate for one another. And um, it is sort of that thing that Jesus talks about where like, hey, before you remove that speck from from your, you know, from your friend's eye, like remove the plank from your eye. Uh, and I think there will be that temptation too of looking at someone else's stuff and being like, oh my goodness, like my spouse does not need that many clothes or does not need that much like camping gear or whatever the thing is that are just like, oh, it's so obvious in your life. Uh, But they're looking back the other way saying, seeing something totally different, you know, and saying like, 
well, why do you have three closets worth of clothes? You know, like, why are you after my camping gear or whatever? And so it is this interesting journey of you go with that critical eye of like, like you talked about making a game of it, going into the room. Do I really need that lamp? Do I really need that decoration that I just a generic thing? I bought at Ikea. Like, why do I even have that on my wall? You have to be careful turning that critical eye toward you know, your kids stuff or your spouse's stuff or those sorts of things. And one of the things that I read that was really eye-opening and helpful, I think it was in the more of less, uh, by Joshua Becker. He said, you, you model it like you model. So I've, I've tried to take that approach of like, I'm just going to model it. Like I'm going to look at everything that's exclusively quote mine, you know, my clothes, my camping gear, whatever it is, and just try and model it in those areas. And if that's all that ever happens and no one else in the family wants to follow, like I have to be okay with that. Um, but he was saying, I think one of the testimonies was a woman who modeled it for her husband for like somewhere between five and seven years. She was like, did her minimalist thing before finally her husband was like, I get it and I want that. And now we're going to like go after it together. So there is this element of uh, patience and balance and uh, learning to go at it together. Uh, which I guess is just a, a, is kind of the dance that you play in any issue in marriage, but it can become because we have such a weird relationship with our stuff, it can become a huge source of you know offense. Or all of a sudden, you're off and running and shopping for tiny homes, and John's like, "I don't want to live in a tiny home," or whatever the thing yeah. is. So there yeah. is that like, "Hey, let's journey together. Let's have patience for one another, and figure it out as we go." Yeah. Uh, another aspect that's been tricky for us is the constant like as things come in you still have to evaluate things you know as they're coming in and you know with john's job he gets a lot of free stuff mm. and i'm like why do you need 10 sleeping bags right. why do you need <laughs> like six tents and so in some ways for him too it's been like a good way to bless other people. Like mm -hmm. they didn't have a sleeping bag or a tent or we had the men's retreat and he was able to share what we had with mm -hmm. everyone um, to go on that camping trip. So same thing with like kids stuff too. As things are coming in, you have to evaluate it. So it's unfortunate that your minimalism journey kind of never <laughs> ends because <Yeah>. you <laughs> always have to evaluate your stuff. and Right. And it could be easy to get rid of stuff and then all of a sudden you look around and you're like, wait, there's more than mm -hmm. last time. So, but I think we get to this point where you've pared down enough that you don't, it doesn't take up your time anymore and you can like right. enjoy your life. Like right. I get to spend more time with Nova because I didn't have to go through the 20 piles of stuff that were sitting there, you know, right. to go through. But yeah. Yeah, that that's really good. And I think that there we I, I do plan to do a separate episode again just on maintenance and like, okay, once you quote unquote arrive or get to this place where you say, I've reduced my physical possessions to the point that it now brings freedom. Like I love where I'm at. I don't feel like I need to get rid of more. I don't feel like I have too much. Like you can get into this kind of sweet spot, but then there's this issue of like maintenance of like, well, how do I stay there? Um, which is one of the things I've been shocked by over the last year is like for every like three van loads of stuff that we you know take to union gospel mission somehow another van load of stuff shows up at our house it's just like especially if you have young kids it's just like this machine for just accumulating like 
I never realized how easy it was to accumulate things in America where I'm like, I'm, I'm saying, I don't want stuff. Like I don't want this stuff. And yet it still shows up even in spite of me, like kicking and screaming against it. Um, so there is, uh, yeah, probably we'll be able to, to get a little deeper in that, but that's a whole nother issue is like, how do I stay there? But I think one of the things you said that stands out to me is like, once you've reduced your stuff to the point that it brings freedom, you have more time with family, you have the ability to travel more, pay off your debt, you know, move to a tiny home if you want to, like all of these new things come within reach. And I think when you get to that sweet spot, uh, maintenance is maintenance is a lot easier than getting there. Like it can be so painful. It's like this surgical procedure sometimes to cut our stuff, excess stuff away from us. But then once you get there, it's actually really easy now for me to start spotting things as they accumulate of like, wait a second, there's stuff building up in this closet that used to be empty or whatever it is. And just saying, wait, I know what, what kind of our freedom level is, if you can call it that. And so, yes, there's still maintenance, but it's not nearly as exhausting is like, how do I surgically remove all of this stuff that feels like it's attached to me to begin with? Yeah, definitely. I think it's very daunting at first, just how Mm. much there is to go through. Right. And then the maintenance part is a lot, but it's a lot easier than having like too much to take care of, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. I, I remember when I was starting my journey, some of the like comments, I guess that are out there is like, Oh, minimalism is, uh, for, for wealthy people. Um, and I remember thinking like, wait a second, that is not true at all. Uh, like I think of my grandmother who, um, very, very low income, um, you know, living, living in poverty in a trailer home, but her trailer home was absolutely jam packed with thousands and thousands and thousands of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was like too, too daunting. It was just like, where do I start? How do I even get after that? And so I've noticed like, well, this is, this is a problem for everybody. Like poor people hoard stuff, middle-class people hoard stuff, rich people hoard stuff. Like we all do it in America and it's so, so easy to accumulate stuff. It's just like, you just effortlessly drop your net in the water and all of a sudden it's just full of stuff that just comes pouring into your home. So yeah, yeah, maintenance is a whole nother thing to figure out, but an easier, easier to stay there than it is to get there. Yeah, and I found that as I've gotten rid of things, I really do want less. I, mm. I don't want to go out and buy more things. And we are in this unique season of John being gone right now. And this could be an opportunity that I could have used the extra money to buy a bunch of stuff. And instead, we've been able to pay off a lot of our debt that we have mm. and save a lot more. And it's because I'm not spending my time thinking about what can I buy with this extra money that we have. If anything, it's been like very helpful with our finances because Mm -hmm. I'm not thinking like, what can I buy? I'm thinking how much more can I save in this? And Mm. it's really awesome. It's very freeing. It is awesome. Well, Maddie, thanks so much for uh, being with us today and sharing your story. Uh, Any final thoughts or things that are on on your heart on your minds regarding uh biblical simplicity minimalism the journey you guys have been on (laughs) um gosh i don't know what else 
to add. I thought we got to a lot of it, which is really good. I think, yeah, just to encourage people starting simply and thinking about what you want to replace your, you know, the time that you don't have to maintain things. You have to think about what you want your life to look like because of minimalism. Mm -hmm. Um, I've really enjoyed the minimalist podcast and some of their little quips that they say like um love people and use things because Mm -hmm. the opposite never works and i think that um because of that it's shaped a lot of my relationships with people differently Mm -hmm. and my relationship with god because i'm spending less time you know shopping or maintaining my stuff yeah, so just prioritizing what is going to fill your time and your schedule while you're not consuming more stuff, mm-hmm. I think is really huge. Just knowing what do you want your life to look like in light of minimalism, I guess. But Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, ultimately, this journey is about um, changing us, transforming us into the type of people who are better lovers of God and other people just like comes back to that the first and greatest commandment you know love the Lord your God with all your heart soul mind and strength love your neighbor as yourself Uh, and what I hear and what you're saying is minimalism frees us up to do that like what and so starting with hey this is the why I want to become more like Jesus I want to spend more time with God and others I want to like really get after the purpose of why I'm alive and not be sort of distracted into obliv- into oblivion with all of the things I need to, I need to work this hard so I can earn this much so I can buy all this stuff so I can take care of all this stuff and then die, you know? And she's yeah. like, well, that's not, no, that's, wait a second, that that's what I'm doing, but that's not actually, when I put it out on paper, that's not the life that I want to lead. Yeah. It's what I want is a totally different thing that's closer to to that abundant life that Jesus calls us to. That's more like life that is truly life. Um, so... That's what we're after. Uh, Maddie, can you say a quick prayer for us to end the podcast? Yeah. Awesome. God, thank you so much for the life that you've blessed us with and that you offer grace and forgiveness in every realm of our homes and our lives. God, I ask that you just um, open our eyes to see what else we can let go of so that we can cling to you more closely and live a life of um, abundance in relationship with you and relationship with others and continue to show us how um, we can surrender more of ourselves to you and that you use minimalism not only to bless us but to bless other people and to be in closer relationship with yourself god we thank you so much for everything that you've given to us and the way that you provide for us, um, even in our lack. And we just say all these things in your name. Amen. Amen.